it's time to talk about sibling rivalry on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. I want to start a series uh, on a conversation about what's going to be entitled Sibling Rivalry. And I believe uh, there's a momentum currently that's building in regards to sibling relationships, not something that's talked about very often in Christian circles and secular circles. Um, And in fact, if it is talked about, it tends to be more in the negative vein. I have a series of messages that I would like to release that I think will really bring transformation, not only to the way that we think about siblings, uh, but Uh, in regards to healing and restoration of those relationships. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to release these weekly in a row because I'm going to keep one eye on this uh, abortion ruling uh, through uh, the Supreme Court that I've been talking about um, over the last several weeks, keeping another eye on the Ukrainian-Russian crisis that's occurring there. Uh, If I had a third eye, I would keep it on uh, some of this woke propaganda um, that's going on and a lot of the politicking that's connected to that. Um, And and so there's so many things that are happening in the background, not to mention there's been a little bit of an uptick in COVID cases. However, the ICU hospitalizations and deaths are way, way down. And so that's an, an encouraging piece as well. So I'm keeping a fourth eye on that. So I may have to break in with other things or other news as it happens um, as we talk culturally about what's so important to us and to our families. But, you know, when you really think about brothers and sisters, uh, we have to understand that there is probably nobody on the planet that is the most like you. You are the most alike your siblings. And if you think about, you know, the conversation of, you know, nature versus nurture, like how much of of the way that we act and think is is just our genetics versus the way that we've been raised or reared. Well, the truth of the matter is for brothers and sisters, we have both. We have nature and nurture. We've been, most of us have been raised by the same parents. We both have very similar genetics. And so the the lens that we often look through the we look the at the world through um, is very similar when we talk about siblings, and yet the relationship, the sibling relationship, unfortunately, what I've seen over the last decades and maybe even longer than that has really been eroding. And I believe that there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, firstly, um, you know, it's a I believe a devastated relationships are a product of devastated relationships. And so when we see devastation in home life, it's not too much of a stretch to think that 
the sibling relationships are a byproduct of that. And so often in broken homes and statistics would show, you know, 50 percent of marriages fail when siblings see that um, they're um, each other is sometimes the low hanging fruit as far as the manifestation of the pain connected to that. The words that we say, um, the anger that leashes out, um, sometimes it isn't directed towards parents, it's directed towards each other as siblings. And so, so often that's considered uh, normal human behavior. And you've heard me talk many times uh, in these podcasts over these three seasons about common versus normal. Just because something happens commonly does not mean that it's normal. And so often we as a society try to equate those two. The more common something gets, it, it slowly drifts into the category of normalcy. Well, I don't believe there's any greater example on the face of the planet of that than the way that we treat our siblings. When we, when we turn to the sitcoms that we see each week on TV, it's so often brothers and sisters that are devastating each other with their words or with their actions. And it feels like as a viewer that they're, they are a fair target. Like that's just something that would be expected of the way that we treat each other. Um, and it becomes the, the, the brunt of the, of the punchline that's delivered is often at the expense of that sibling relationship. And it's interesting, you know, we have eight children and there's always family dynamic that takes place. We have, we have eight wonderful children all serving and following the Lord. And yet you can see in sibling relationships and it has been present over the last couple of weeks, a propensity for rivalry, for self-promotion, a, a desire for fairness and equality, equal justice uh, dealt out to each member, each child. And it's very quickly and very easily a realm where siblings end up sitting on the judgment seat and judging one another. And so what is the rivalry about? What is the rivalry for? What are, they com- what, what are we competing for as brothers and sisters? Well, it's often attention, it's love, it's 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 um, it's gratification, it's um, uh, words of encouragement. We're we're hungry for those things in our lives that we hope either our parents or other siblings can provide for us. And the reality is, is that sometimes those relationships aren't created to do that. They're actually created. And, and brought to you as brothers and sisters to actually encourage and strengthen one another, not bring each other down. And, and when you have people who are so much alike in regards to nature versus nurture, it's not hard to think that, boy, that could just be in the very center heart of what God intended in the first place is like-minded people working together in context of a family to go and save the world to bring culture of family to the world. You know, there are primary relationships. Maybe I've talked about this before on podcasts as well. And that's really what our our ministry, GoFam Ministries, is targeted towards primary relationships, which are husband and wife, parents and children, brothers and sisters. Even sociologists would describe those as primary relationships. 
And yet, by definition, if those are the primary human relationships in society, then all other relationships would then be secondary. And that includes co-workers, outside church members, and friends. You will also notice, now that you've heard this podcast, you'll actually notice and, and pay attention to the fact that best friend in our society has actually been promoted above family. Like that's the high watermark is to be best friends. When in actuality, family was created to be the most potent, the most primary of all relationships and best friends then are secondary. That's the way it was set up by God himself. And yet we often look at, at best friend as being the ultimate relationship. My parent, my my family will roll their eyes because this is a, certainly a soapbox of mine as I talk about how everything is best friends. And you'll you'll hear people, many people say, you know, this person's not only my wife, but she's my best friend. As if that's even a promotional aspect. But the truth of the matter is best friend is implied in a primary relationship. It's I call it the duh. <laughs> the duh of relationship. If my wife is not my best friend, well, then well, we have problems. That's like a duh. It ought to be that because, because the, the highest relationship, the better relationship, the more powerful relationship is the fact that she's my wife. And the same is true for brothers and sisters. That's so often in society today, kids, teenagers, um, siblings, they actually looked at best friends as the ultimate relationship. And they look at brothers and sisters as a necessary inconvenience. And I'm telling you that might be common, but it's not normal. It's not normal. So when we look at this sibling relationship, we have to understand that it's not only primary, it's one of the primariest relationships that we are going to have. And it's time, I believe, in our society, as we're talking about cultural aspects on this podcast, it's time to raise these relationships up to what the Father intended them to be. And if something is a primary relationship and it's a priority in your life, then if something is a priority, that by definition means that it's considered prior to other relationships. Now, that's going to somewhat blow your mind. And if you're listening to this, I highly recommend that you have your kids listen to this podcast in this series of podcasts regarding siblings. Because it's we need a paradigm shift. We need to shift the way that we think about the ones who are actually in our home, the ones who actually share family with us as, the, as, an, as an incredibly important, potent relationship. And that actually your sibling should be considered prior to all other relationships. Now, let me back up a little bit and, and give you my most important disclaimer that Jesus is our primary, the primariest of all relationships, right? He's our Lord and our Savior, and I get that. Husbands and wives, I believe from a societal standpoint, are the next most important relationship. In fact, we teach in our parenting course that if you want to help your children, go home and strengthen your marriage. The best thing you can do for your kids is strengthen your marriage. The best thing you can do for sibling relationship is demonstrate a healthy relationship to them. It's critical. 
So Jesus is the most primary relationship. But, you know, there's a line in the Bible that I think should raise our eyebrows a little. It says that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than what? Than a brother. So think about that line. He's The scripture is using brother as the ultimate closeness of relationship. And that Jesus is a friend, not a sibling in that regard, a friend that actually sticks closer it's actually a it's it's the one person that's actually higher than a brother relationship. Let me say that verse in a different way. That nobody sticks closer than a brother except for Jesus. <laughs> so think about the power of that statement, the power of that sibling relationship. It goes for sisters or brothers and sisters. He actually sticks closer than that. Scripture is using sibling relationships as actually the plumb line for which he is exceeding. (laughs) It's super powerful and it's super, super important. But I want to convince you that it's even more powerful and more important than you think it is. And as I go through this series on sibling relationships, I am going to highlight three sibling relationships in the Bible that's actually going to help us walk through the importance of siblings, the inheritance found through siblings, and the identity that brings restoration to a sibling relationship. So that's what you have to look forward to. It's a little bit of a spoiler alert. But today I want to talk about the importance And I want to use the very first siblings on the face of the planet as the example. Now, you might say, well, we're going to talk about Cain and Abel. That did not seem like a very healthy sibling relationship, and it turned out to not be. But there is something that's spoken in that message that is incredibly, incredibly important that we need to connect to. So I want to read from Genesis chapter 4, and you're probably familiar with this. Um, we, we start with a verse six. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass them when that, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. Then the Lord God said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. I want to break down this interchange between God himself and, Jehovah with Cain. There was a rub there. There was a problem there where Cain's countenance had fallen. And, and the Lord is warning him that, that the sin, sin wants to devour him. It's, it has a desire for him and it lies at the door. And uh, he is supposed to rule over it. Now the word rule over it is the word for subdue. It means to put under your feet. Actually, the word is kibosh, if you ever heard to put a kibosh on something. 
And so even though the enemy was there and the enemy had an appetite and the enemy had a desire to take Cain down, Cain was supposed to put it under its feet. The word kabosh actually means footstool, to actually rule over it. And and Cain was supposed to operate in that authority so that the enemy did not have license to destroy relationship. Because the fruit of Cain not abiding to that advice was actually murder. And so it came to pass that he kills his brother. And the Lord comes to him and says, Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, we've all often read that story and interpreted it like Cain was just being kind of snarky. Like, am I my brother's keeper? Like, lay off. He's not my responsibility. But I, I believe it's more simple than that is what hap- what's happening here. I believe that it's a real question that Cain is asking the Lord. And I believe the Lord gives him a real answer. The word brother's keeper is actually the word shamar, S-H-A-W-M-A-R, shamar. And it means to guide or to keep or to help like a a shepherd would to a sheep. And the best interpretation of the word shamar is actually mean to save life, (laughs) to save life. Now, I believe Cain asks this question of the Lord, and I believe the Lord in his response, what God responds to him is actually an answer to his question. So he says, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I his shamar? Am I responsible for his life? This is what he's asking the Lord is, did you make me responsible to take care of my brother? Or am I responsible to you to look after the welfare of my brother? That's actually what he's asking when he said, am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible to you, Lord, to look after the welfare of my brother? Am I responsible for my brother's life, the shamar? (laughs) That's what he is asking him. I believe it's a question that has an answer. And the Lord says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I believe even just the, the phonetics of it, the, the, the response of God to the question of when he says, I do not know, am I responsible for my brother's life? And he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Are you getting the message? God comes back with your brothers, your brothers, your brothers. And his answer to his question is an unqualified yes. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. You are your brother's shamar. And so when he responds that way, the father is actually saying, yes, you are responsible. And my friends, Nothing has changed thousands of years later as we are born into families. You know, sibling relationships is one of the few relationships that we don't get to choose, do we? We're, we're born into it. And don't you feel like there is some, some divine intervention in regards to this? 
the ones in whom you are going to cohabitate, the ones in whom you are going to live life together, the ones in whom you are going to share life together. It's called being brothers and sisters. And what has been given to you in responsibility or in response to that is shamar. You carry the shamar for your siblings, which means you are responsible for their life. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not what I signed up for. You don't know what an idiot my brothers and sisters are. You don't know about the rocky relationships that we've had. You don't know about the devastating things that we've said to each other. It does not seem to be redeemable or restorable. And all I can respond to that is, is that God is a God of restoration. When he sets something into place and he has a design into place, it doesn't matter how hard we cross our arms and turn our back from that perfect plan that he has. It is still his plan. And it is our responsibility to rise up and to receive the shamar, to receive the marching orders, to receive the destiny for which we were born into. And so if you are listening to this podcast today and you have brothers and sisters, which most of us do, I am asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate that truth into you and into the importance of the relationship. And I'm asking you to consider your brothers and sisters prior to other relationships, a priority that is there. Now, why is this important? Why do we care? Especially when our siblings are older and and they're out of the house and our lives sometimes drift apart. Why is it important? It's important because it carries the potency of heaven behind it. There is a a power and a a majesty connected to relationships that that he has brought together. My brothers and sisters are some of the most important people in my life and have spoken into my life so strongly and powerfully. And it makes sense. When my siblings say something to me, it carries more weight. There's more unction behind it. There's more strength behind it. And I receive it better. Why? Because they're mine. They're mine. And I would... I would throw myself in front of a bullet for them. Why? Because of Shamar. I'm responsible for their life. It's the way it's supposed to be. And I want to keep those relationships strong and healthy, even though we don't talk to each other every day, even though we don't see each other every day. Even though our lives have drifted in different directions, sometimes that's just called life with our own families. But I, I, I see the value of it. I see the importance of raising our children with the notion and the, and the mindset of Shamar. That these seven siblings that they have are theirs and they are responsible for them. Are they their keeper? The answer is yes, they are. Yes, they are. And I'm telling you that if we can understand this as a society, if we can understand that first in our homes and then in our communities, in our church our church communities, if we can understand that, how much stronger our family relationships going to be? How much more support are we going to have as we grow older and go into life? How many, how many more wise decisions will be made when the ones who know us better than anybody on the planet are allowed to speak into our lives? It just makes sense. And so as we embark on this conversation about sibling rivalry over the next month, 
I am asking you to consider your sibling relationship. If you haven't called them for a while, there is something called text and email apparently now as well. And there is, I believe, still paper and a post office. So you can always write them a letter. But just begin the connection. The Holy Spirit wants it even more than you do. And over the next couple of weeks, too, I'm going to talk about healing some of these relationships, uh, the, the fruit of these relationships. And so if you're still uncertain, please continue to listen and have your kids embrace this message as well. Because there's, there's, there's nothing more satisfying to a parent than seeing their children love each other. And I'm convinced that the Father in Heaven feels the same way. As we look to our brothers and sisters in Christ and love them well. It's because we share his DNA. It just makes perfect sense. I would love to get your feedback on this. If you'd go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org and leave your comment or question. I'm going to keep my eye on current events that are happening and comment appropriately over the next couple of weeks as well. But thank you for tuning into this very important topic. I hope you feel my passion in this because I believe it's something the Lord is doing right now. And I feel so strongly about it. I feel so strongly about you and about your relationships. And thank you for listening to me each and every week. So until next week, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Oh,